0: At this time, we are going to prepare to receive our tithes and offering. You know, um, if you are new here, we just want to say welcome to New Hope Church, and please do not feel obligated to give. If you're visiting us for the very first time from another church, we just want to encourage you to take your tithes and offerings to your home church. However, if New Hope Church is your home, then this is a time where we prepare our hearts to partner with God. You know, it is Palm Sunday is when Jesus rode into Jerusalem. And there was a crowd there shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, blessed is the one, the Lord, the King of Israel. And they were waving palm branches. They were putting down their coats because they were acknowledging that Jesus was king, and he was riding in. And this is what Jesus was doing. He was preparing the way. Because exactly one week from Palm Sunday, he rose again. And, you know, yesterday we had spruce up. In fact, there's a, a picture here. A group of people had come out, and we had fun. We were laughing. We were cleaning. And as I reflected on it, I thought, isn't it our own unique way of saying Hosanna? Hosanna, as we were cleaning and as we were laughing and just sprucing up our home because we were preparing for Easter. You know, when we give, in our hearts, what we're saying is, Hosanna, the King has come. Jesus is our King. And when we give, we're, we're really partnering with God and we're like, thank you, Lord. As we prepare for this week, take our gifts and utilize it, Lord, as we continue to prepare the way for you. Let's pray. Most heavenly Father, we are so grateful and so thankful as we celebrate Easter, as we kick off this week, Lord, as we remember what you have done for us with your son, Jesus. So, Lord, we ask, Father, that you will bless the tithes and bless the offerings and bless the giver, Lord, as we partner with you, as we prepare the way so that people will come to know you. we, Lord, we just ask that you will use us to advance your kingdom. So we thank you, and we praise you, and we sing, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes. Hosanna, the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Pastor Sheldon is kicking off a brand new series called The Family of God. And what better way than to have your keikies, our mini marvels, look at you, come on up. They are going to be doing a special for us. Your kids are so cute. Hi, guys. Come on up. Make your way. Woohoo. Can we give them a hand? This is Minnie Marvels. Oh, look at you guys. Hi. Come on up. We're going to be doing a special called The King of the Jungle. And they've been practicing so hard. This is their worship to the king, this is their chance to sing Hosanna. Come on up. Hi. Did I say you guys make the cutest kids? You guys have the cutest kids. Hi. Ooh. Hi. Good job. Ooh, look at that. Get your cameras ready. Here to sing King of the Jungle, your mini marvels.
1: Good morning, everybody. Let's give a big hand to the Mini Marvels. Weren't they great? In fact, they were marvelous. They've worked so hard for months practicing the song, Who's the King of the Jungle? And let me tell you, it ain't me, it is Jesus. All righty, here's a question or rather a joke. What does a lion tell his pride right before they go hunting. Let us pray. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday. It is the day Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a lion. No, 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 I'm just joking. He rode in on a donkey. But one day when he returns again, he won't be riding a donkey. He will be riding a white stallion with fire in his eyes. So. Coming up next, we have a song from the Mighty Marvels. It's called Everything by Big Mac. No, 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 no. I'm just joking. It's from Toby Mac. Anyway, in the Bible, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 11, it says, Jesus Christ is all and in all. Now, that's a fun, true scripture, which reminds me of a joke. Why did the lion spit the clown out? because he tasted funny. God bless everybody. Let's welcome the Mighty Marvels.
2: Oh. I'm captivated, I say it. I'm on a whole new retreat. My space invaded. It. Turn is a reminder.
3: Way to celebrate our Palm Sunday kickoff! This is our Easter week, so thank you to your children one more time. I'm sure. I'm sure, as parents, if you were listening to that song all week, you were singing with them too because it's it's just in our brain. But one of the things that we do is not just help them to you know learn a song, but we're trying to teach them about Jesus in a creative way, so that as they continue to grow up. They will always remember who Jesus is. So no matter where where they are in life, they will know that they have a Savior, they have a God who loves them. And we pray that at the earliest age possible, all of our children, all of those who grow up in our nursery and beyond, that that at the earliest age possible that they would receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And many of these children have already. So thank you for investing in your children and for uh, supporting them in their walk with the Lord. I think we all know that in life we will need God. No matter where we are in life, we're going to need God. That's why this series, God's Family, is so important because we all need to remember that we're a part of God's family. We have that opportunity to be a part of his family. Because even though God created everyone, not everyone is a child of God in the context of us calling him our father. Yes, he is the creator. Yes, he is the father in heaven. Yet there are people who have yet to come to know him as their father who is in heaven. And that's what this, this uh, week is about, too. Our play coming up on Wednesday and Friday have, have some, uh, has a purpose to it. Wednesday is that when we go to the play, we get to watch and see uh, what the play is all about. And then we can invite people to Friday night. I mean, you can come to both nights, and anyone can come to any night. It's just if you go on Wednesday night and you, you're able to uh, see what it's about... It's going to give you a better picture of who you can invite and, and how you can invite people. So that's, that, that invitation is so important. It gives us a way to invite people. And then in your notes, well, when you came in, you were given your notes. That's so that you can follow along and, and see the scriptures and maybe even write some things. So you can take that out as we talk about being a part of God's family and how God designed us for his family. Uh, a couple of days ago, and you might have seen this in the paper, we had a break in. And they went through the back door. We were, all, we were up here. There were people up here. So they went through the back door. And the newspaper, if you saw the, the headline, it said, Church Burglary. I came to get ice. <laughs> That's what it said. <laughs> so we have an ice machine here that makes cubes of ice. Frozen water, I should say. Because when you say ice here in Hawaii, for some people, it may mean something else. So when they put church burglary, I came to get ice. I mean, brilliant for the person who wrote it. Brilliant. But then they explained in there that the guy had a cooler and uh, he, he filled it up with ice. But uh, we had to go to court and, you know, go through that whole process. And Pastor Ben Urbanozo was was the one who was uh, up here along with uh, other people. And Pastor Ben's heart, so good, he said, you know, I was just concerned that this, if this guy was okay, if he needed something. And when he went to court, he just wanted the guy to know that he is loved. That even though he's going through some tough times, he is loved. And that's the people of God. We are people who uh, love people into the kingdom of God. We are people who uh, want the very best for others. I mean, the law side of it, that's going to take care of itself, but we as a church, we, we want to welcome people into his kingdom and, of course, let the family members know that. We're not mad. We're not upset at all. We're, we're just concerned of that man's life, that hopefully he comes into, if he doesn't know God already, that we pray that he will come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and that his life will be a living testimony on how good God is, that he can bring anyone out of the worst places in life and bring them to the best places in life. And that's being a part of God's family. That's the whole point of being a part of God's family. That's, that's how God designed us. And when God designed us, he designed us in a, in a way, a specific way, that we were supposed to have this structure with him, this family structure, so that we realize and know that we're valued and that we have a family that is bigger than our physical family here on this earth, that we have a spiritual family. Now one day you and I will go home to be with the Father in heaven and we're going to have the entire family of God there. No, we all have a, a certain design uh, in, in our life and how God designed us to be a part of his family. Just like we all have in our families a different design and culture in every single one our fa- of our families. And every family is different. Some families are very purposeful and precise about everything. Everything is organized. Everything is so uh, meticulous and you, you need to go from here to there and because that's the schedule. So everything's scheduled. You write everything down, and, and you, you take turns in, in who's going to take who, where, and to what practice or what sport. And so everything is, is organized that way. And then you have some families that, eh, hey, whatever. We don't need to write stuff down. No need. Just, just go. And then you have some families who are very strict. And there is strict rules in the house. And then there are families that are very lenient. Now, you bring this person who grew up in this family and this person who grew up in this family and two different cultures of their families and two different ways of growing up, and you bring them together and they get married. Yep, we need Jesus. That's the whole point. You come together, it's so different. How you discipline, how you're going to you know, do uh, schoolwork and, and how important academics are. You have all of these differences. And if you think about God's family, when we say yes to him as being our father, he's bringing all of us into this one family, our spiritual family. We call it the church. So you're going to have differences even in the church. Why? Because we all have different backgrounds. So God designed us to be a part of his family, but he also created us and structured his family to operate in a very unique way. In Romans chapter 12, verse 5, if you have your notes or if you're using the church app, it says, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. You see the person next to you? You belong to each other. Not that you own one another, but that we're a part of the body of Christ. We're connected as brothers and sisters. Now, you may be here, and you're saying, but I, I never received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Am I a part of the family of God? I'll let you know how you can be a part of the family of God because the eye-opening discovery part of it is that you're part of a larger family, not just your family here on this earth, and not just this church family if you're a believer, but spiritual brothers and sisters around the world because God wanted a family. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem and they were saying, Hosanna, come save us, we pray, and they were saying to Jesus, that you are the king, and they laid down the palm branches, which is why we celebrate today as Palm Sunday. When, when Jesus did that, that was the one act that Jesus did that he could not turn back from. There was no way that once Jesus did that one act that he could say, okay, I, I'm not going to go to the cross. I, I can't do this. That one act was one of the most important things that Jesus did, and here's why. The prophecy of the Messiah was that he would come riding in on a donkey. And when Jesus did that, he was signifying who he is, the Son of God. And it was from that moment forward, which is this week, or back then, one week later, less than a week, that he would die on the cross, which is Friday, and then rise from the grave on Sunday, which we celebrate next week's Sunday. So this week is very critical for us to understand why Jesus did what he did, By coming into Jerusalem riding on the donkey as well as dying on the cross on that Friday and then rising from the grave on Sunday. And I hope that we can learn this together because it's more than an event that took place. It was something that Jesus did purposefully so that you and I could be a part of God's family. Whenever you and I think about family, here in Hawaii it's very simple for us because everything is about family. Ohana, we know that. We know that we respect our elders. We know that we have this community of people that that is our, our culture and everything is about family. So while we're growing up, we understand that. Like when you go to auntie's house, uncle's house, or grandma's house, tutu's house, you greet every single person. You honey-honey, you kiss every single person. And then when you're leaving, you have to tell everyone bye. So if you have three people in the home, you honey-honey, you kiss, and then you say goodnight. You have 300 people, it's going to take you half an hour, but you go to each person, every single person. Why? Because we're, that's our culture. My grandchildren, I have three grandchildren, one is nine, seven, and then five. But the youngest, Oakley, I'm trying to explain to him that I'm his dad, I'm his dad's dad. Because he asked me a question. I said, no, 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 that's, your dad is my son. And he said, how can my dad be your son? I said, no, no, you yeah, your dad is my son. I'm your dad's dad. The middle one, landing, he said, wait, wait, you're my dad's dad? I said, yeah. He goes, okay, I get it. And then the oldest, Jaden, he's like, no, I, he knew that for a while. The youngest, who's five, is like, wait, he's not your son. I said, no, no, he." He's my son. He goes, no, I'm his son. I said, yeah, you're his son, but he's my son. He goes, no. I said, yes, I'm his dad. He goes, you're my papa. I said, no, yeah, I'm your papa, but I'm his dad. He goes, so who's Gigi? Which is Heidi, my wife. I said, Gigi is his mom, my wife. What? He's not my wife. I said, no. She's not, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> so I'm trying to explain it, And he's, he still has a hard time. Jaden, on the other, other hand, says, so you're my dad's dad. I said, yes. He points to his dad and says, uh-huh, you got to listen to your dad. <laughs> his dad tells him, get in the room. I said, you got to listen to your dad. You better go. But just the thought of, you know, when we're growing up, who's who and, and how is that papa or uncle or dad? Like we try to figure out the family structure and the same is with the kingdom of God. We, we know that he's called God the Father. We understand that. But to really know the significance of being a part of God's family, that's another thing. If you want to write anything down to understand and, and where we go from here and being a part of God's family, here's the first thing to understand, that God created us to be in his family. It's a part of how he created us that we don't function correctly outside of the family of God. In fact, we try to do our very best to live in this world if we're outside of the family of God, and we make decisions and we try to do things that make us feel valuable. And so we try our very best to do what is necessary so that people value us. And when people don't value us, we try to figure out something else. Well, our value first comes from understanding that God created us to be in his family. And unless we catch that, then we're going to look for value someplace else. See, everyone is created by God, but not everyone is a child of God in the context of having him be our father. Well, how do we become a a, a child of God then? Well, the Bible says you must be born again. So now when you're born again, you're born into the family of God. And when you're born into the family of God, there's a way that God has designed his family for us to operate in. Every family has a way to to do things. Everyone is different. And God's family is just like that. There are certain things that that are a part of God's family, like love and patience and goodness. And if you look at Galatians 5.22 in the Bible, it gives you a whole list of the fruits of the spirit that we should be having. Every family is different. God's family and the way he, he structured his family, unbelievable. It's the best way. We learn from his way of how he designed the family. And God, as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they were always in, in existence. So they were always in relationship. That's why everything that comes from God, which God is love, is a relationship. So when God gave us family here, we understand relationship. God designed us to have relationship. That's why we have families. That's his design. That's his idea. And even though we grow up in different families and with different structures, we come together as the family of God, the body of Christ, our spiritual family. Every family is going to be different. But God's family, the way he designed it, is designed in a very unique way. When I first met Heidi, I was 12 years old. She was 13. And when I first went to her house, first day, the first day at her house, her dad has us cleaning the garage. First day, cleaning the garage. And as we're cleaning, Heidi's looking at me. She's like, I'm so sorry. I said, it's fine. We're just cleaning up and cleaning. And her dad says, hey, if you're going to be a part of this family, you're going to do what the family does, so you're going to clean too. And so that's, that's what we did. I'm like, I'm 12 years old. I'm like, what? Well, you got to clean house. What do you mean part of the family? I'm, I'm 12. <laughs> what is this, arranged marriages? I didn't know, what, but that was, the, that was the culture of the family. That when you're a part of the family, you, you have responsibilities. And in your family, different members have responsibilities. And we try to teach our children at an early age to have certain responsibilities. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 tells us that God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. That God is so pleased to have us a part of his family. And you might be thinking, yeah, but I'm far from God. I, you know, I'm not doing things that are like, so-called righteous. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to be a part of his family. Even with my flaws, absolutely. Why? Because the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. God's love is so great that where sin is increasing his love increases even more. His grace increases even more. In other words, you can't sin so big that God cannot cover it, that God cannot embrace it. He says, I'm going to love you more than how much you sin. So you're always covered. Therefore, my heart would be, then I want to be loved by you. I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing. I'd rather be loved by you. And it's always through Jesus Christ to become a part of God's family. He made it that way. James 1.18 says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. In other words, he's saying, I want you to be the first children in my family. So Jesus comes into Jerusalem. They celebrate his entrance. That Friday, he dies on the cross. Sunday morning, he rises from the grave, which gives us that access to God. Why? Because when Jesus died for our sins on the cross and went to the grave, death was the last thing that Jesus had to overcome. Just think about it, overcoming death. and That was for you and I. So whenever we die here on this earth, we may think that's the end. No, no, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of the life that God has prepared for us. He's given us an earthly life, but he's also prepared eternity for us. 1 Peter 1, 1 verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, we have a living hope that we celebrate next week, Sunday. That's what Easter is all about. It's celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So God wants us to be included in his family. The second thing is that God blesses his children that's you and i for those who say i want to be a part of god's family he says i'm going to bless you then i was talking to a friend of mine and and this is just one of the many ways that god blesses but this one was just fresh on my mind he said you know some months ago i started tithing and as i was tithing i had to restructure some things in my finances and and i got a phone call from one of my bosses from oahu and they were saying they had to restructure uh, financially our company. And he's thinking, oh boy, so that means that I might get a pay cut. Everybody's going to get a pay cut. And his boss said, so when we restructured, uh, we chose five people and you're one of them and you're going to get a raise. And he just started weeping because he knows that God was the one who was blessing him. He understood that. That's what God does. He blesses his children. And we don't we don't come into God's family saying, okay, bless me, bless me, bless me. We come into God's family and we're saying, I'm just so thankful for who you are. And God says, I'll take care of you. We don't, we don't become a part of God's family so that we can get something. We become a part of God's family so that we can contribute, so that we can love others, so that we can be a light into this world, that we be the church that God created us to be. You know, in heaven, uh, here on this earth, we have mother and, and you know, uh, daughter Father, son, we have, you know, that kind of relationship. But when you and I go to heaven, we're all going to be brothers and sisters. That's how he created this family. And God is going to be our father. We have that hope that we get to look forward to. Because God created it that way. He blesses us. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7... Paul the Apostle is talking to the church in Galatia and he says, you know, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Abba, which means daddy. It's like a more intimate way of saying father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. In other words, he's saying, everything I have is now yours. It belongs to you as my children especially the spirit that he has given to us. Romans 8, chapter 15 through 17 tells us, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. We now call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, now this is the difficult part right here, we will also share, we must also share in his suffering. Yeah, you know Heidi's dad? Basically what he was saying is, if you're going to share food and have breakfast here, you're also going to suffer by cleaning the garage. That was kind of the deal there. But even with Jesus Christ, having, having everything that he has given to us also comes with the sufferings of believing in Jesus. What people will say about you, they'll tease you, they'll poke fun at you, they'll see something on TV, like something go bad, and they're going to say, see, that's that's you guys, you believers, you Christians. They'll say things like that. It's a part of being in the family of God. It's, and we're, if we're going to share in his glory, we're going to share in his suffering. But that's okay because the... The blessings of God far outweigh anything else that's going to come our way that is negative. His blessings far outweigh anything else. And it's just like having a family here on this earth. We all contribute to the family. We share things. We do things together. We share the TV. We share the, the living room or living spaces, the, the bathrooms. We share the, the, the yard. We share parking spaces sometimes. Sometimes we say, hey, no parking my store. We do these things because it's our home. It's our family. We share things. Sometimes we have a hard time sharing. I, I got to say that. Especially when my grandchildren find out I have these chocolate-covered acais. You know, that acai, um, uh, like this treat from Costco. And the first time someone introduced me to that, I was thinking, that thing looks gross. Chocolate, like dark chocolate-covered acai berries. That just doesn't sound right. Give me M&Ms. It's easier to say, too. It's just two M's. But the moment I tried it, it was so good. And then my grandchild, Jaden, saw me eating it, and he says, Papa, what is that? Which is the indication, right, with our grandchildren that they want some. It's just their way of asking, but they don't want to ask in case we say no. So they kind of work their way in. Papa, what is that? And I said, oh, it's just like health berries. I try to make it sound as gross as possible. It's like health berries. He says, oh, can I try one? I'm like, oh, man. And sure enough, he tries one. He's like, oh, I like this. I'm like, oh, buy your own. <laughs> and then my other grandson likes the yogurt I like with the granola. We buy them like the, like the 99 cents yogurt. <laughs> they put it on the side. They can eat their own. And you try to make it sound good. Like, oh, no, you should eat the peach-flavored one. And you can have your own. I don't want that one. I want the one you eat. And then they go, you can have that one. <laughs> Man. So we do have a hard time sharing certain things. So don't look at me like you're holy, like, oh, no, pastor, I share everything. We have a hard time sharing. <laughs> but when it comes to the family of God, that's what he's saying. He's saying, no, you share, you, you're going to share With your brother and sister, you're going to share love and kindness and forgiveness. And you're going to share that with the rest of the world. That's the heart that God has for his family. Just think about it, that the way the world operates is different than the way the the children of God should operate. People should see a difference with us. That they should see that as brothers and sisters in Christ that there is something different about us. That when they come closer to us and they hear how we are with one another and how we love one another, how we love people... That they're going to say, I want to be a part of God's family. Philippians 4.19 tells us, And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. You know, eternal life with God in heaven, that gift that God gave to us and, and becoming more like Jesus, being per- perfected in him, is a part of who we are in God that we're part of the bigger picture, that, that not only are we created to be in his family, but he blesses his children with eternal life. And the things that he gives to us cannot be taken away. It just cannot be taken away. Earthquake, storm, uh, crisis does not take away our eternal life with him. In this world, you can have all the riches in the world, but even in that, you're just one catastrophe away from losing Everything. I was reading in Forbes magazine that our, the, their latest count, it's not like I read Forbes like every day. I saw an article that we have 2,153 billionaires on this earth, billionaires on this earth, which is 55 fewer than a year ago. In other words, they have declined in their finances. Of those, a record 994, uh, 994, or 46%, are poorer. I mean, you're billionaires, so if you're poorer, you're just like 70 million less. But you're poorer than you were last year. In total, the ultra rich are worth $8.7 trillion. That's their worth in finances. Which is down 400 billion dollars. Like they're losing money big time. I'm like, just give me half. You're losing 400 billion. Give me just thousand. <laughs> but altogether, there are 247 people who dropped out of being a billionaire, which is the most since 2009, which was the financial global uh, the global financial crisis. There are now a record, though, on the other hand, in the United States, a record of 607 billionaires in the United States, which includes 14 of the world's 20 richest people in the world. Jeff Bezos, who is the, uh, who uh, owns Amazon, had a divorce, and I believe he was worth130. 130 plus billion dollars. Had a divorce and uh, with splitting the money or however they did that, I believe the wife got either 37 billion or 47 billion dollars. And I thought, we're talking billions. And in an instant, finances can take a turn. In this world, in an instant, finances can just go away. They're just one catastrophe away from losing everything. I heard a story of a man who didn't believe in the banking system so he kept his money at home. Kept it in a safe. His his house got burnt down by a fire. It was so hot it burnt his safe. $30 million. Everything he had, gone. $30 million. That's how fragile our world is when it comes to the riches of this world. One catastrophe away from losing everything. But as children of God, no fire, no earthquake, no storm, nothing on this earth shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. If you don't know God, you're not one catastrophe away from losing everything. You're one decision away from gaining everything. That's the hope that we have as being a part of God's family. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, he promises us that he's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death no more sorrow, no more pain or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. In other words, he's saying, when you come home to be with me in heaven, you're not going to have any more of these things. This is how God designed us. That's how his family is designed. That's why, we, that's why we're, it's so painful when we go through the loss of a loved one or when someone hurts us or when someone in our family is sick or, we have to, uh, or is getting older. Like We, we have these emotions that we go through because you're not designed just for this life, this temporary life. We're designed for eternity so when we lose a loved one or someone that we love goes home to be with the Father in heaven, we have this longing, this aching. It's there. Why? Because we're not created to be temporary people. We're created for eternity, designed to be a part of God's family. Because we're a part of God's family and how God created us, And how he blesses us. It's Jesus Christ who did everything to make this possible. That's why in your third point you can write this. That Jesus wants to identify with us. He really wants to identify with us. That's why that one act of him coming into Jerusalem. That started everything. And although he was already doing miracles and doing great things. That one act. If not for that. That wouldn't have signified him being who he said he was. Because that was written that your king is going to come riding in on a donkey's colt. That's who he said he was. And when that took place, he did that so that eventually you and I, 2,000 plus years later and everyone else, would have an opportunity to be a part of God's family. He wants to identify with us and, and, uh, and, and more than we would want to identify with him. Because I know there's some that we go through those seasons of I don't know if I want this person to know I believe in Jesus. I don't know if these. I don't know if I should let these guys know I go to church or even at the workplace. Ah, I I want to blend in, so I don't know. I don't want them to know I'm, I'm a believer. So we have a hard time with that. But Jesus says no. I want to identify with you. I want you to be a part of my family. In fact, that's what baptism is all about. Baptism says that not that I'm. It doesn't make me saved, and baptism is not where. Now that I'm baptized, that I'm a part of the family of God, it doesn't make me a a part of the family of God. It shows I'm a part of the family of God. That's why when Jesus came to his disciples in, in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 19, when he came to his disciples, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And then he says this word baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You know why Jesus had baptized them? He's saying, they made the decision to follow me. Now they're going to show that they are a part of my family. It's a public confession of letting everyone know that you're a part of the family of God. And many of you were baptized. If you haven't gotten baptized, our next one is June uh, June 23rd. It's on a Sunday afternoon at Coconut Island. It's just your way of saying, you know, I, I... I accepted Jesus, but I've never declared that I'm a part of his family. I didn't show everybody. It's like getting married. When you say, I do, now you're married. But then you also have a wedding ring that shows that you're married. This doesn't mean that if it's not on my finger anymore that I'm no longer married. It says this shows that this is the significance, a reminder that I am married. Just like baptism, baptism doesn't change your salvation. It shows your salvation. It shows people that you belong to the family of God. And some of us, we might be thinking, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to identify with the Lord. It's okay. You'll get through it. He wants to identify with you. And I understand that. Sometimes we have a tough time identifying with our own family members, that's the tough one, too. It's like you you see someone do something or your family member does something and you're like, oh, man, you're making us look bad. You better behave out there. When I would hang clothes, my mom would rehang it or tell me rehang it. Why? Because it made her look bad. My son, Justin, when he was like five years old, they were playing on a playground and because I had him, I was 15, Heidi was 16, we were teenage parents. I was 20 years old when he was five years old at that time. And while he's playing on the playground, an older kid pushes his friend. So my son goes up to him and starts telling him, don't push my friend. Now the other kid was taller than him. So he's looking up to him. He says, don't push my friend. Now they're going to fight. And I can see this. So I'm walking towards him. But I didn't get there in time. And my son punched him in the face. And I'm thinking, no. So I run up to them. And the other kid is holding his face. I said, are you guys okay? Are you okay? And my son is saying, no. He pushed my friend. I said, yeah, but don't be punching kids in the face. That's not nice. Just then, the other kid's father comes, hey, what's going on, what's going on? I'm like, oh. <laughs> These kids, they just, you know how the kids play on the playground. He's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, 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 I'm okay, dad. He's like, yeah, you cannot be, you know, play, you know, rough with the other kids. He like, where's your dad? And my son looks at me, he goes, oh, he's right. I say, yeah, yeah, we'll look for his dad. He's going go find his dad. We're going to find his dad. Yeah, we're going to see where his dad is there. And he keeps, but dad, no, let's yes, yes, go. Go. Like, right now is not the time to mess with this guy. I just didn't want to identify with him, which is okay. We're at a theme park and we're on this uh, rapid ride, and Heidi's dad was sitting on a bridge, and we're all coming down, and our whole family, and we see him from a distance, and he's kind of like taking a nap on a bench, and we're calling out, Dad! Dad! And we're all yelling, Dad! people are walking by and like what are these people doing and we're we start standing up yelling a lady goes next to him wakes him up goes excuse me i think that's your family he wakes up he looks he goes i don't know them (laughs) puts his his head back down as they're passing him under the bridge he looks at us (laughs) like he he just didn't want to identify with us like why 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 because we were probably embarrassing him but not with jesus Whenever Jesus wants to identify with us, whenever he wants us to be a part of his family, he says, when you're not ashamed of me, I won't be ashamed of you. Even with all my flaws? Yep. Yeah, but I've done some stuff, Lord. I, I, you know, I'm not proud of it. I'm not either, but it doesn't change my love for you. Can I still be in your family? Absolutely. Because even in the kingdom of God, even though God is the perfect father, he still has wayward children. He still has us who stray from time to time. It doesn't change his love for us. What it does, though, is increases his love for us. That we can understand that wherever our sin is taking us, he says, I got you. where, Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And we don't take advantage of his grace. We say, God, then change me to be more and more like you. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 49 and 50, when the disciples said, hey, Jesus, Your mother and your brothers are outside. They're calling for you. Jesus pointed to his disciples and he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. In other words, Jesus was saying, when you're a part of God's family, I want to identify with you. But because of what Jesus has done for us, even though we may think that he doesn't want us to be in his family, there is no shame anymore. He took care of that on the cross. Hebrews 2.11 says, So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. Jesus refers to you and I as brothers and sisters. He's not ashamed of us when we're not ashamed of him. He wants us to be in his family. He's going to bless us because of that. And he doesn't just want us to be in his family. He wants everyone to be in his family. And I pray that this week we'll be able to reach out to people so that they too can be included in the family of God. Amen. Amen. And close your Bible, put away your notes. We're going to pray for that right now if you would bow your heads for a moment. That God would put people on our heart and who we can include in the family of God and who he wants to be a part in the family of God. His desire is that none shall perish, but everyone come to repentance, which means the changing of their mind to hopefully say yes to him. It's not a religious thing. It's a relational one. So let's bow our heads. Lord, this morning we're so grateful that you have included us in your family. Can you put people on our heart right now? People that that we may know. People that you have been calling closer to yourself. People that, that you have placed in our life and in our paths. That you're sometimes waiting for us to give an invitation to them. And even if they don't come to this church, Lord, if they go to another church somewhere else, so long as they find you. So put those people on our hearts. Give us boldness, wisdom, guidance, and the know-how when we invite them. I pray this over all of us as the family of God, that we would be people who help people make that one decision that will change their eternity. We pray this in Jesus' precious name, and we all said together, Amen. Let's do that this week. Let's go find people that God is looking for. Amen.